seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to episode 198 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I'm your host, Aquan Watson, and for 198 freaking episodes, Still got my main man, Brian Allen in tow. How's it going, dude? Still here. Still kicking it. Just uh, <laughs> just got our air checked out. It's going to, we think, <laughs> make it through the summer. Man, it ain't your issue. Can your grid make it through the summer? That's man? also a problem, and I don't have access to the grid. So we've done our part. Yeah, <laughs> we've done cool. all of it. The grid just goes, it goes. That's real, man. That's, <sighs> I feel for y'all. I really do. Because the only times we even have any power outages up here, you know, they're out. Normal power outages. You know, they're out 15 minutes to an hour and boom, we're good. But I couldn't imagine just uh, hours or days possibly just being without stuff. Like, hopefully they get that fixed for y'all. Did you see the grandma in Texas making bread in her mailbox? No, but that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> like, I've seen trash cans melt these yep. days without being out on the street. So anything's possible. And it's serious too. real talk to anybody listening. Take care of yourselves because I'm seeing numbers that like way more people are dying of heat stroke. Yes, please stay hydrated. Yeah, definitely. Dehydration, like all kinds of stuff right now. So definitely, definitely take care of yourselves. Uh, you also, know, uh, any elderly people that are by themselves, please go check on them. Yeah, for real. Check on them. That, that is a good call. If you want to do us a favor to please, wherever you are listening to this or downloading it or whatever, be sure to leave it a good five star and let people know that we're a sweet show and they should be listening to us because it always helps whenever people go to search for the show or maybe they're looking for magic podcasts or whatever, and it'll come up. But also, if, if you, you don't just, like it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> that's true. If you, if you think you're stupid, at least send me a, a, a DM over on Twitter or something and tell us you think we're dumb. But yeah, if you want to support us directly, go over to patreon.com slash color of magic. Check all that out. And you can get a shout out just like Thomas Huell. So thank you, friend. A little over a year, actually, a year and a half almost, they've been supporting us. So thank you. Or you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop and you can get some merchandise over there as well. And as a reminder, don't forget, we are sponsored by coolstuffinc.com. You should check them out because they have a lot of stuff, not just magic stuff. They have a little bit of everything over there, all types of nerd things. And you can save 5% with code DRAGON. Even leave a note. Tell them that the show sent you. Just because. Because that'll help pump us up over there. But all that being said, let's get down to business. Because we've got a few things to cover here. All right. So my soapbox thing this week really comes back to seeing, which I feel like I'm touching on this like every four months or something. But. People, I was trying to just decide, like, what is the behavior that leads to people or the emotion that leads to people being upset at creators so easily or wanting to harass them or, you know, just just harboring animosity and anger or whatever towards so many of these creators? Because to be honest, like creators didn't sign up for this, right? They want to just show something fun, share their love for a thing, educate you on something, entertain you. They're not signing up to get harassed every day. Like, think about how many creators have been chased off or have just given up because they're just like, I don't need this crap. 
right? Good creators, people that are really dedicated, that put stuff out for years, spent tons of their own money, you know, passion projects for a lot of them. But people just are like, yeah, I don't want this in my life no more. And then people are like, oh, it's weird. Where'd so-and-so go? How come they haven't posted anything in six months, nine months, whatever? It's like, bro, they're tired of listening to your crap. And I think the only thing I can come to is that people set unrealistically high expectations or they just want their personal vision or opinions or whatever reflected in the content they watch. And if something's not the same or exactly what they want, then they're mad about it. And then it's do everything you can to either, I guess, get the creator to quit or change, you know, which is crazy. And I and I get that a lot because I'm I'm just casually goofing around, having fun, building different decks, talking about different stuff while I'm playing. And I'll have people that'll like take shots because I'm purposely mispronouncing words or being goofy and they're being mad about it. Right. There's other people that are, you know, I'll make a mistake and because I don't care about the mistake, they're mad about it. Right. And I'm just like, dude, that's a different style of content. I ain't doing that. And I, for me, I just use, the, I'll give them a polite reply. If they're still knuckleheads and I just give them the block button and move on. Right. I don't, I don't have time for it, but a lot of creators haven't had to deal with that. Right. They're not built that way. They like, they shouldn't have to deal with it. And I think that's the tough part, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't, it's, it's frustrating because I see a lot of really good creators in, in multiple different fields, not even just in gaming that really have the thought of, I don't know if I should continue doing this, which is sad because realistically, it's probably less than like 5% of the people are actually jerks, but those 5% or less are the most vocal, outspoken, you know, sending DMs, you know, getting booted from people's discords, flooding chat on streams, you know, it's like causing the most problems being the smallest group. So it can feel overwhelming to a lot of creators. But at the end of the day, if you don't like what somebody's doing, give your two-piece and then move on. And if they continue and they're not what you want, man, there are literally thousands and thousands of creators in every sector of every category. I'm sure you can find somebody. It's not worth, hell, for you as a person, it's not worth your time that you're giving up to try to change somebody else that ain't going to change. It's just not. So yeah, like chill a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Like step back and try to enjoy what the person is creating and putting out. And if it's giving you anything positive, just appreciate it. That's all. All right. That's all I got. Now, uh, the other day, apparently, uh, Bronny James, son of uh, NBA future Hall of Famer LeBron James, had a cardiac arrest while he was practicing at USC, where he plays college basketball. And I mean, within minutes, here comes, oh, see, he probably got the vaccine. I wonder if the vaccine has anything to do with stop. For the love of God, please. The for all I know, the, the kid is still in the hospital. His family is trying to figure out what's going on. They, not just them. Nobody's family needs the nonsense of you and all your all your fake diagnoses about wonder if they got the shot. It, it's none of your business. 
nobody other than the other people in the conspiracy theory circle with you care about your opinion. Just And it's not like this is the first time any of this has happened. I think it's what, about been 30 years or something like that since the death of Hank Gathers on a basketball court from from a, a heart related issue. This is sadly this is this is some of the things that happen when you know when athletes push themselves and their body kind of to the limits, and then in some cases beyond the limits. You often find out about heart conditions and other conditions that you would have never even known you had had you not been practicing basketball really hard or baseball or what have you playing really hard and then going and playing a hundred and some odd games every year. I mean, John Ritter had a, a cardiac arrest from a condition that for years he had never known that he had, even probably just out there, you know, doing pratfalls and things. They ended up having some kind of cardiac arrest and it had nothing to do with any vaccine. These are things that just happen. I understand people want to believe that our, that our favorite athletes our favorite actors, entertainers are in some way immortal or invulnerable, but no, they are just as vulnerable to having undiagnosed medical conditions as any of the rest of us, unfortunately. It's been happening since long before the COVID vaccine and will continue to happen, unfortunately. So just leave people alone. It's just <laughs> Well, dude, that's like Isaiah Austin. He only found out because he was an athlete that he had Marfan syndrome. Right. That happens, too. Right. Had he not been playing ball, it probably wouldn't have come up for years. And they fortunately realized, like, hey, dude, we need to draw run some tests because like something doesn't look right, you know. But yeah, it's just just crazy. That's a good point. That has happened to a lot of people where because they were able to get, you know, better medical care. Also, people's lives have been saved when they had had issues because, you know, they fall out of court there or or a football field. There's 30 trainers there to take care of those problems. Or what was the, the, the NFL player that he ended DeMar up having? Hamlin, yeah. No, no, no. There's a different one. He had something happen. This is like eight or nine years ago where he found out he had sickle cell that was causing problems. And I guess his family didn't have a history of it or whatever. And again, because he just had something else happen, they were like, wait a minute. Like, your blood doesn't look normal or whatever. And then, you know, turns out that's right. And then it turns out he, he couldn't travel to like Denver because of yeah, I remember hearing about that. I can't remember who it was, but that was a thing. But you're right. I mean, this is stuff that just it, it's constantly happened for you. And honestly, people also don't know this. Like, if you're black, you also there's a chance you're going to be more inclined to have like hypertension and things like that, right? Then sickle cell and things like that, right? That are just going to come up sometimes. Like you may not, and especially when you're healthy and you're an athlete, you're just not going to know there's a problem because everything looks good. Yeah, you're out there, you know, playing 80 or 100 games a year and and you're fine until that one one thing that's never been diagnosed before happens. But, you know, even from a human element, to your point, even through COVID and all the people that were still fighting the vaccines or whatever, like unless you were one of those people that were attacking and insulting people and whatever about the vaccine or not, like. I didn't really ever just go like, oh, well, it sucks your dad's sick and he's in the hospital. Should have got the vaccine. Like, no, somebody's still dying, man. Like, that's somebody's family. Like, it sucks, but, you know, like, there's no reason to go take shots at somebody while they're down. Seriously. Like, it's just not worth it. Especially to a kid. Yeah. Let's be real. He's, he's all of, what, 18? Right. We really like, got to just... 
everybody wants kids to be off limits. So when somebody's attacking them, then, you know, that that turned the page. Hey, you know, what's what's Biden going to do about his illegitimate granddaughter? Again, leave the kid alone. Exactly. I always tell people that, man, kids, even even when 45 was in office, like I looked at that poor, the youngest and just went. Why are people taking shots at this kid? This kid doesn't know nothing. He ain't involved. He's just being drug around everywhere. Right? Like, we got to chill, man. Now, it's one thing when you're talking about the adult kids that are all involved. That's a whole different thing. But no point taking shots at people's kids, that, especially when they're not even involved in nothing. Like, you can love, hate their parents, whatever. But come on. We got to have some sense of humanity. Otherwise, like, what do you got, you know? But, man, that's a good call out. But, you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about some fun stuff that we learned. Because I think both of these things are actually pretty interesting stories. So, why don't you show us what you got, Brian? All right. For, you know, well, over over a century now, people have debated these stories of there being lost Confederate treasure in the South, probably buried ahead of the... The, the Union Army coming to policy, it's been, again, something people said, does it exist? Does it not exist? Almost like, you know, Titanic, Bigfoot, uh, unfound things. And turns out a guy in Kentucky who is, you know, unidentified right now for obvious reasons, he found a trove of 700 Civil War era gold coins. It's going to be worth, I'm sure, Billions of dollars. So yes, he is not only is he going to be significantly richer after they complete all that, he has basically proven what has been kind of a historical urban legend ever since the Civil War that in some cases people did bury large amounts of, of well basically their their treasure to stop the Yankees. Or in this case, they believe that actually there was a Confederate general that was going around ransacking things and because these pearl, these aren't Confederate coins. These are these are coins from the federal government. So they're, you know, one of the theories that anthropologists are coming up with is that it's possible this guy was in Kentucky, but working with the federal government. Obviously, if a Confederate army was coming near you, you wouldn't be able to explain that. So they think uh, whoever was doing it buried this gold, obviously wasn't ever able to come back and get it. And they think uh, they're calling it the Great Kentucky Horde, and they believe the value is going to exceed $2 million. I think the only issue I have with it is, well, one, he could have just found a one ring and you know been the same amount. But <laughs> no, the real issue is I'm surprised they're saying it's only $2 million. because and it, it, it hadn't gone up for auction, so at that point, I guess yeah. anything is possible. But I know a couple of the coins they mentioned are going to have to go for over a hundred grand a piece on their own. So who knows? I mean, I, I really wouldn't be surprised. There are collectors out there for all types of stuff like this. And civil war is just yeah. one of the things that there are so many, so many collectors that, yeah, I, it's going to get astronomical. I believe I would say even more. So I think what people don't know about coins is that, you know, finding a single coin that fits a certain date or characteristic you're looking for, whatever is, already like a big achievement for a lot of people but to find effectively 20 of them you know or hell this might be enough to fill a roll of a particular coin depending right (laughs) Right, 700 yeah that's crazy right like this dude like you're talking about a rare coin 
that a dude might literally be able to make a whole roll out of. This is Nicolas Cage stuff right here. <laughs> the clues are right in front. I bet he wasn't even looking for it. Probably was just, you know, digging. Like we talked about the preacher, maybe digging a swimming pool or something. And then, bam. Yeah, I don't even know. This. That's got to be a man. wild moment. Yeah. Because even if you don't know 100% what it is, like you're at least aware that this is this is going to be something. Yeah, you know, you found several <laughs> several pounds of gold from a long time ago. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's cool though. And I mean, if he's ever ready to talk about it, just the again, you have proven an urban legend. He is good. He's Benjamin Gates now. He'll be able to command ridiculous speaker fees and well, go here's wherever the crazy he part wants is, to. He didn't even find the ones that have been written about. Right. There's a right. bunch of others where people said, oh, this person, you know, hit a thing on their ranch, but never was yep. able to recover it. This person was running from this thing and we believe they hid the treasure here or whatever. So all those are still out there somewhere. Supposedly, Jesse James had a huge stash from part of his time in, in the Confederate yeah. Army or whatever. This dude just randomly found somebody else's yeah. you know, that happened to be on his property he was digging up. There's so, yeah. a bank robber in Texas, Sam Bass. Supposedly, a lot of the treasure that he buried has never been found. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of that out there. You know, so, you know, nothing to hurt. Just, you know, take a metal detector, walk your property. <laughs> hey. just, just saying. You never know. You might. You, you might be one of the lucky winners. Don't trespass, please. There's oh, a no, 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 shot. But, yeah. Uh, mine isn't as cool as, as Civil War coins. But I did find out that I guess just recently, last 24 hours, 48 hours, like uh, Xbox has decided you can start using Venmo on their services. Which, uh, you know, on the one hand was like kind of surprising that these video game companies didn't do this before. But also necessity is mother invention. And when you're losing, I guess you got to come up with something else. And here we are. And the cool part is, Apparently, they're working out deals with Venmo, so you can also even use the pay later feature and make, you know, either monthly payments on really big things or weekly payments on smaller things. But, you know, I guess if you wanted to buy a whole Xbox with your Venmo account, I guess you could make payments on it now. That's got to be the move, because you see GameStop is kind of doing the same thing. They're letting you basically put stuff on layaway, put a little bit down, and then pay it off and install it because same problem. They're trying to figure out how do you remain relevant during a time when they are just desperately trying to put out more and more digital things? You hey, let people put a little down and you begin to do, do a layaway. You know, we all, yep. that's the only way me and Daquan probably got school closed some years. Layaway. Dude, I, I know at least one year in particular, it was because of layaway for sure. Right? So it, I, it probably happened more than once, but I know one at least particularly stands out. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. You know, that. This is something, like I said, that we we probably should have had forever ago. Yeah, like if you can't be first, at least be the most convenient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and we know Microsoft is well-versed in that stuff, right? Just all the digital side of handling things. So they could go far down this road if they wanted to. And the pivot being like, hey, all right, when you get an Xbox, it's going to come with all of these modern conveniences. Now, that could be a whole lot of different things and tied to a bunch of different services. But I wonder if this is like step one in moving down that path of saying, okay, we're not necessarily going to compete to be number one 
in the video game category. We might be number two or three, but we're going to be the most convenient thing to use with the most options available. Because, okay, you might not be able to make everybody buy an Xbox, but at this point, almost everybody has a computer. Computers now are like Mm -hmm. TVs (laughs) were back. It was just, yeah, almost everybody has some sort of computer device in their house. More than likely, it runs Windows, you know, unless it's a Mac or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, you go in and, hey, as long as you're here, (laughs) would you like to play Candy Crush, you know? Yep. So, I mean, that could be the way forward for them or tied into a bunch of other services or you start getting with other streaming services or who knows what. Right. But it could be like, hey, you've got the Xbox and you get access to all these other things. And then if you can also pay for all those things using your Venmo account, since it's already tied to your Xbox account. Right. Like Now you add another layer of convenience. So I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know where it's going to go. Maybe it stops at Venmo. But it feels like a first step toward a new plan for them, which could be kind of interesting. But uh, let's hop in and talk about the other stuff, because, man, we had a lot of random little news go down this week. All right. Speaking of new plans. Exactly. (laughs) This one's not as good. We kind of. okay. So those of you that don't know, you might have logged into Twitter recently and seen a little X in the upper corner, and the blue bird is gone. Apparently, it's part of now Elon Musk X brand. Or and that was another th- thing. Another thing we learned this week. Did you know the bird had a name? I did, but I forgot. But I knew it did have a name, though. Yeah, apparently the bird's name was Larry because I saw R.I.P. Larry start trending. You're like, okay, what? Hopefully, it's not Larry David. Yeah, exactly. right. it, was, it was the Twitter bird. But here's the thing about X that's interesting. (laughs) I know it's still even just to call it X is stupid. But apparently, and there's been a lot of stuff coming up in the last week, so I had to dive through a bunch of things. But apparently back when he was still part of the the PayPal, I guess we'll call it the PayPal conglomerate, the PayPal brass, I don't know. He wanted to turn PayPal into X or X payments or X.com, something like that. And the other so this dude, is a long gestating dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. So the dudes involved were like, uh, nah, sorry, we're not gonna do that. And then eventually, you know, he got his buyout and all that stuff and he moved on, right? And I guess he's just been holding on to this the whole time. And he likes the idea of having a the, the way I understood it is he was making an X app where everything was gonna be tied, all of his companies were gonna be tied into this X branding or whatever. So far we haven't seen that. Twitter just magically became X at some point and which was weird because I leave tabs open and I was trying to find my Twitter tab, but I'm like, I know I didn't close it. What the hell? And then I like, so I scanned over the tabs. I went, what the hell? We already changed. Like literally there was an announcement and then we changed the logo like that quick, even, even on your, your tabs on Chrome. But then some other interesting stuff came up. Apparently the X that he's using is also part of what looks to be a font that's not cleared to be used for commercial purposes. And apparently it's still owned by somebody else, I guess. It's like a weird thing. But it definitely looks very much like the X in their font. This is, it's like the office level of just, he is is just Michael Scotting it up right now. Yeah, and then... 
to bring Microsoft back into the things. Apparently, Microsoft owns a trademark on X as far as a naming for digital technologies. Of course they do. Since they've been selling Xboxes for 20-some years. Yeah, like, <laughs> I didn't think about that until later. And I went, well, if you own Xbox, that kind of makes yeah. sense. Because you might want to do something called X to do with the Xbox, and you don't have to worry about it in the future. So I'm like, yeah, that would make sense. So apparently... you think a tech billionaire would know. Yeah, so apparently that's a thing now. So nobody really knows what's going to happen with it, but it says since 2003, they've owned the X trademark related to communications about Xbox video games and related systems. So there's that. (laughs) Also, as it turns out, meta platforms, obviously the people that own Facebook and threads and whatever, which I guess technically is a new rival to Twitter. They own a federal trademark that was registered in 2019 that covers a blue and white letter X for fields included in software and social media. So two different competing companies own the rights to X for two different purposes. Everybody seemed to own the trademark except the guy that wants to turn his whole social media account into X. And Twitter crosses both of those issues. So it's like, all right. So you've got that. You've got the font issue. Apparently, literally no one I've seen is in favor of changing this for, for Twitter anyway. But it does bring up a question of why do you want to pursue that? Now, obviously, ego probably has a lot to do with it, right? Like if he got ousted from another company, he thought it was a great idea. He's held on to it forever. And now's his chance, right? But realistically, brand equity has meaning, right? Like Twitter has been around since, gosh, what, 2007 or something? Been around forever. And I think in this day and age, we have so many content creators, so many articles being written, so many videos being made where people are talking about these brands. And you're not necessarily going to see that thing today. You might cross that thing a year from now or two years from now. You want that equity there. So people go, oh, let me go check out this website. You want it to come up in searches or whatever when somebody's looking for a thing. Hell, to be honest, you search Twitter, only one thing's going to come up. You search X, I got no idea. Well, right now, it's probably... Well, yeah, no, you, there's a lot of things. <laughs> probably. I don't even know. Let me go see. Let me just put in... Depend on how many X's you put in that bad boy. I just put in the letter X, and it brings up a bunch of stories talking about the whole changeover, about something called X that's coming out on IMDb. Or actually, it did in 2022. And then there's some Wikipedia articles, and then there's... X the band, which I don't even know what that is. Some group out of Los Angeles, I guess. I'm sure X men, if you go far yeah, enough. So like you can't even search this. Well, on the first page of, of Google, there's not even a thing other than the articles mentioning that it was formerly Twitter. There's nothing that even links to the website. Right. So this is just a bad idea. Like, I, I don't know why you would. A bad it. idea he's had for a long time and been told it's a bad idea. He's like, no, I'm going to show you. Somewhere, some way, the great pumpkin is, is coming. X yeah. is gonna take over. It's so dumb. It is so dumb. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like why do this? I mean, uh, and here's the other thing too. I think there's so many other things to focus on with Twitter right now. Obviously, some of the problems he created. Yeah. But there's just way more other things to fix. 
And even if you want to bring it into being a more social platform and he's, and he's, you know, they've introduced some things to try to, you can subscribe to certain creators and they can put out content specifically on Twitter. And they're talking about having people stream to Twitter and whatever. Okay, cool. Work on all that. Like those are bringing something to the platform. This is just like having people freaked out that everything's just going to constantly keep changing and moving away. So I don't know. But you know what? Let's talk about some other, we'll call it big money items. So yeah, I don't know if you saw it, dude, but there are now thousand dollar statues you can buy of Magic the Ethering characters. That's, that's wild. That, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So the company, I believe, is called Speculative Fiction Collectibles. And within that brand, they have a brand called XM Studios that does some high-end, really high-end statues. Very detailed. Uh, I believe these magic ones also light up, if I'm not mistaken, because I know the Jace one does. So they have kind of some translucent parts where they're using their abilities or whatever. And those light up, which is pretty cool. They're not particularly small statues, but not crazy tall either. I think they stand about two feet or so. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty good size statues. But yeah, I think on this website, the cheapest statues I could find were in the like $600 range. So they do mostly high-end stuff. A bunch of comic book related things. Uh, believe if you shop by brands, they also have Lord of the Rings. I think they did some stuff for Terminator. Some anime ones. I think I'm going to say like Naruto. So this is a legit company. And they're super limited. I think they're only doing 399 of each. I don't know why it's not 400. That's a little weird, but 399 is what they're doing of each one of these. And the thing is, you know, some people immediately went, ah, oh, this is crazy. Why, why are these exist? You know what? But my question is, why not exist? And, I, and I've been saying this for a long time. Like, Magic, as old as it is, a 30-year-old brand, and we've not marketed Magic hardly at all in the grand scheme of things. And when we're talking about Transformers, hell, we were talking about off the air. World of Warcraft has been on damn near everything on the planet. I mean, I feel like I've seen slippers, shower curtains, stuff for your car, you know, action figures, you name it. I've seen completely reskinned keyboards and mice and whatever, right? And we've done almost none of that for, for Magic. And this is the right way to do it. Like, Wizards isn't having to spend money, research, whatever. Somebody comes to them and says, hey, we'd like to make some statues of some of your most popular characters. You work out a deal. They either pay you up front for the license or you get some percentage of what they sell for, whatever you agree to. And that's it. If they do well with them, they'll redo the license and do some more. If they don't, then you realize it's not what your fans wanted. Great. I think they should be taking more chances with more types of merchandise, honestly. I mean, they also had a limited edition watch from, I believe the company is called Master. It's M-S-T-R, no vowels. So I don't, I don't know how you pronounce that, but they have a watch on there that is a $250 watch. And to be honest, if you know anything about watches, the actual parts and the specs on the watch are kind of average, but it is cool. It has a planeswalker symbol and all that stuff. And I believe that one was also limited to like a small number as well. Was it like 150? No, are, are, are the only people that wear watches now the ones that buy like the high end and it's basically a piece of jewelry? No, you'll occasionally see people that now watches are more like 
accessorizing more than anything else. So there's some people who still wear watches they're not necessarily real high in, but they just want something that matches their outfit or whatever, because you don't necessarily like, let's say you're going out to, I don't know, let's say you're going to see something on Broadway or you're going to go see a comedian where you don't have your phone necessarily out right or on you. Cause I've been to comedians now, they give you a little thing. They lock up your phone till the end of the show. So you may still want to have a watch available just to know what time it is, or I don't know, you know, hell, maybe you got to take you got medicine with you. You got to take it a certain time or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that that's possible, plausible. So yeah, there's different reasons you might might actually want to know the time. And you know, when I wear them, I just like wearing them to nice places or you know to dress up a little bit. But I don't have anything crazy. I think my most. Yeah, I don't even. Watch. I don't even think I own one anymore. Yeah, my I, most I, expensive one might be three hundred bucks. And literally, the last time I tried to buy one, I think it was before one of my defensive driving classes. I realized, oh wait, you know, I don't. I, I think I had left my phone somewhere. Like, well, you know, I was using to keep track of, hey, how long have I been yammering about, you know, uh, red lights or whatever. So I figured, like, hey, I'll just run. There's a drugstore next door. I'll run in there and buy a watch. And they looked at me like I had asked for, you know, oh, a yeah. horseless carriage. Yeah. So it just isn't a thing that drugstores can. It used to be you can easily go into to whatever the nearest drug or dollar store was and just buy just, you know, just a, the cheapest watch imaginable. For two or three dollars, no. Yeah, the, the low end nine ninety nine Casio or whatever, right? Yeah, they don't even yeah. stock those anymore. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking some big brand models now. Believe it or not, they have some collectible ones. I have never felt older than I did in that moment asking the, the and, I, and I think the young lady was probably seventeen or eighteen at best. It's like, what do you? I was like, what is a watch? What are you, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> You know, though, I will say on some things, I also like you'll see runners with them or athletes because they're timing their workouts or whatever, you yeah. know, and not carrying a carrying a phone. Uh, a lot of people are still some people are going to the obviously like the, the digital watches, the Apple phone or Apple watches, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really more just does your lifestyle make sense for it more than anything else? But this particular one was collectible, you know, but I thought. Okay, you know, some people are like, I don't know if I'd pay that. It's a little high for the type of watches. I'm like, yeah, but you're paying because it's one of 300. You know, that's what you're paying for. Do I want this extra magic collectible or whatever it is? And kind of the same thing on the statues, right? They're one of 399. So if you're a fan, and they only have three right now. It's Jace, Chandra, Liliana. So if you're fans of those characters and you're a super fan, and you got the money to spend. And, you know, some people have their favorite cards displayed and it'll display or maybe they have action figures. That's kind of like a cool piece to top it off. So there, there's not even one for each color. I guess they decided oh, to get the three most popular Planeswalkers. Probably. And just to try it out. And I'm sure if they go well, then they'll probably be like a Garrick or a Vivian or something. And I was about to say, yeah. who are the who are the ones remaining for each color? Would you I guess it would have been Gideon, but they killed him, right? So who who would be the one for white now? Oh, you'd be Elspeth. Elspeth, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent if they were gonna do a white one right now. But yeah, so I mean are they for me? No. And that's okay. Right? Like, it's not a thing. I don't have a display. I don't have the favorite Planeswalker where this would make sense to have. But somebody will, and I'll be like, man, that's cool. And it lights up, and it makes for a cool display piece. It's a it's a cool discussion piece. So if somebody's got the money, yeah. But I think that's exactly... I would love to see even more stuff. Because sooner or later, a thing's going to come across that I'll be like, oh, I want that. Right? A set of of drinking glasses or I don't know, something cool for your, your tires or hubcaps or something, whatever, right. There's probably something that'll come along that I'll be like, 
man, that's cool. I kind of want that. Also cool that I guess the women are for the most part the most popular planeswalkers because like even even with green you're like is it Garouk or is it Vivian? We have but it's definitely for black it's definitely Liliana and red is definitely Chandra. Oh for sure, no question. For sure. And for people who don't know, Wizards has been slowly kind of behind the scenes getting some more licensed deals. You know, I tell people about MTGProShop.com. Uh, that's something that's run by Steve Port, who's one of the previous really well-known uh grand prix organizers and his site's cool they update stuff with every set they do stuff for pride month like all kinds of stuff over there there's another company that does leggings of all things that are designed to look like the planeswalker gear so you have some that look like chandra's leggings that she wears and stuff like that which is kind of cool so there's a bunch of random stuff out there that's slowly been rolling out over the last couple years so you can get more things and kind of show off your fandom, I guess we'll call it, without necessarily having to do something game-related. Because one of the things we talk about a lot is Magic players tend to be an older player base compared to a lot of other games. So sometimes you need to introduce different things that, while they may not be going to a lot of tournaments, they still like to play the game. They still have those memories they grew up with. They would still rep their favorite color or whatever if you gave them options. And these things are kind of a cool way to do it especially since a lot of them grew up and now have good jobs and stuff, you know, and they, they want to spend a little bit on their thing. So, yeah. Like I said, don't think it's necessary for me, but it is a cool idea, and it's kind of neat to see that stuff out there. And who knows? Maybe I might get one of the watches. I have no idea. But let's talk about a game who may be having some issues. Now, we did talk a little bit about Lorcana when that was the, or maybe Lorcana. I don't know. They haven't given us a proper pronunciation, but. Mickey the Gathering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty much. There's, there was a lot of hype, right? And, and rightfully so. It's a Disney product. It's a card game. Everybody kind of assumes this is going to be a hot product. If no less than the first, like, four to six months after it comes out. But now we're hearing that, well, like, I already told people, I knew it was going to be nearly unobtainium for a lot of people. But it's even more than that. It may be, I don't know, I need a fun term for just non-existent Obtanium. Because like there's, there are several retailers I have spoken to that have truly said they have gotten between 0 to 10% of their requested allocation. And these are people that, some of them did order a huge amount or tried to, because but they have very large stores and large networks. But even some of the smaller to mid-sized stores that maybe ordered for them what would be like half to two-thirds of their Magic releases or whatever, got virtually none. So now you're going to have the situation, and not only that, they're doing a lot of marketing for this thing too. Starting to see marketing roll out on a lot of places for this. So you're going to have a lot of people come looking for it, a lot of families, a lot of collectors, a lot of Disney fans, and there's just not going to be any. To the point that a lot of stores I know have said they're not even going to sell booster boxes at all. They're breaking up their booster boxes and they're going to be packaging three to five packs with the starter decks. Wow. Just so you buy the deck, you're getting some number of packs with it because there's not going to be packs in the future to buy. So the only way you can spread them around and keep people from just hoarding them is by putting them with the starters because usually the flippers aren't going to want all those extra starters. Right, because there's not going to be as much value in those as the other things that come out of the boosters. I mean, if you can't get them, they might be well, valuable yeah, yeah. at least in the short term. At the end of the day, it may not even matter just because nobody has any of them. And then they already put out an announcement that basically said, I think in 
either September or October. Maybe they said, maybe said October, I think, was the thing. But either way, in the future, they're going to be available in basically every large big box store. Because they listed, like, Walmart, Walgreens, Target, hell, even FYE, you know, whatever. Like, pretty much everybody that has a deal with Disney to carry their stuff, effectively, is going to be everywhere. So I don't even know how that's going to happen, because if they can't even fill current orders, unless they're double or tripling down on printing between now and then. But they've tried to have an organized play thing that they tried to get some stores to sign up for, and some of them got approved, some didn't, and apparently nobody knows why. They chose what they did. There's a lot of issues right now. And I don't think in the grand scheme of things it will matter for Disney. Because Yeah, if it's any other card game the launch with the without this license would probably be dead on arrival if it had these problems. But because it's Disney, they'll be able to, to push through this. I yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna have a sellout no matter what. Right? That I don't think any of us are questioning that. Whatever they print is gonna sell. I think the issue becomes for your retail partners, right? You're going to, hell, even even at the Walmart and Target level, you're going to have employees just being harassed because product ain't available, right? You're going to have people walking into local game stores and being mad that they can't buy boosters of it or booster packs or whatever, or no starters available so people can even learn your game. And then you're going to have stores that can't get any that they're going to, you know, they're just going to be trash talking the game or bad mouthing, sadly, probably Ravensburger along with Disney. And they're just caught in the crossfire. I guarantee you that. <laughs> like, so it's going to be a rough couple of months when this thing launches. And I thought it'd be cool to get to show off, talk about it, maybe do some fun content with it. But I don't even know if I'm going to try to get my hands on any for a while, man. Seriously. It just might be more headache than it's worth. Because even if I were to do some good content with it, where, where does it go? Most people wouldn't even have anything to play with. And I can't. I bet people would still watch the content. I mean, you know, that, like you said, some of them are going to be on there just to tell you, like, hey, this game sucks. I can't find it. But they still clicked on it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, is it even worth it at the end of the day to even make content and just know you're just going to be getting vitriol the whole time? So it, it's a tough one, man. I don't know. Like I said, it. I guess it just comes down to how do you measure success at the end of the day? Right. We say, well, it sold out. They made a pile of money. Yeah. But at the same time. With the hype it's gotten right now, could this have been the biggest card game sales-wise for the next 24 months if they'd have pushed it back and made sure there was enough product available? Like, probably. And I mean, it may still be, just in terms of how much money it is. Because, again, if anybody else had these problems, but if Disney needs to triple or quadruple the printing, they probably can. They can. I just wonder... there's a lot of like animosity and negativity that can be built up in the time of you getting to that point. And that's what I'm wondering because, you know, like we talked about off the air is that like Disney does collectibles very well. Anybody who knows anything about the Disney markets, like they know, they know their people, they know the market, they know how much to produce, when to release stuff. And, and it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked they messed up this badly because, yeah, this doesn't sound like the, the Disney of... But the problem is recovering. they don't know the collectible games market. They don't know retail stores. They don't know the behavior of card gamers. And, you know, the Disney brass who makes these decisions probably went, oh, no, we understand. We know exactly what to do with this. And I'll guarantee you there was people at Ravensburger going like, ah, hear, hear us out for a second. Like, we know this is way different, but... 
<laughs> and they probably convinced them like, well, let's just do this printing. We'll up it a little bit because we're, we're acknowledging your concerns. But how about we do this and we'll just see how it goes. Right. And it's already like, honestly, dude, even different Facebook groups where people in their local markets are trying to explain to people like, hey, here's how much is going to be available. Here's how we're going to be distributing it or whatever. And people are already getting mad. Product hadn't even showed up at retailers yet in the catch and hell. And then some of them, you know, there's not going to be any discounts. Some of them are probably going to mark it up because there's not going to be any available. And obviously, that ends up in another spot, right? Because it's like, well, should a retailer sell it cheaper just so whoever buys it goes and flips it? Right? So that's a whole different thing. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough, tough go right out of the gate here. And it sounds like this might let la- I don't know if it's going to go to Christmas. They'll probably have another... If they're smart, you do everything you could to have another release, probably like beginning of November. So you can get another wave of product out there. But if not, if you don't get it straightened out by Christmas, ugh. So yeah, here's for those of you that are Disney fans, I'm hoping for you. I mean, it, they would have to, they'd probably do this two or three sets in a row to completely kill it. And hopefully they don't do that. Sure, but you yeah, know, that's a, yeah, almost anybody else. But as, as we talked about, there are people that are going to buy this just to have it. They're never going to open it, and they don't care when it comes out. And that's it. But that's the thing, right? You knew a lot of people were going to buy it to to collect it, but how many people are you going to get to buy? They're actually going to play it because that's where those consistent long term sales come from, right? Stores running events at conventions and. I mean, that's what we thought, but that, that's what's happened with Magic is we've seen how many people, like, we, we, we thought we needed a competitive pro tour. No, 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 really no, 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 no. I'm not saying competitive. I said how many people playing it. I didn't say competitively because a lot of people play Magic. Just not a lot of people play it competitively. Right? That, that's the biggest thing. But I am willing to concede that it is Disney. It's a whole different licensing group. And maybe it just doesn't matter. Because it sounds like you'll at least somewhere be able to get a starter deck and maybe three to five packs. Oh, no, no, no. I'm pretty much expecting every store that has it, within three days, you won't be able to find it. The quantities are that low. Like, there's stores that don't even know if they're going to be able to take care of regular customers. Like, that's how little product so many people are getting. So it's going to be rough for a minute. And I feel bad for the retailers because, man, they are going to take a beating on the phone and emails in person because there's going to be rabid fans coming to buy some and they're going to be listed as a place you can pick up stuff and there's just not going to be any to be had. So I'm hoping they get another wave of product out for those people because, man, I've I've been part of some of those situations and it sucks. But let's talk about San Diego Comic-Con because there were some cool positives that came out of that. First, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, oh. go for it. Oh, I was just going to talk about uh, some of the, you know, as we know, the strike was going on. A lot of you didn't have a lot of your actors there, obviously. A lot of uh, big panels didn't happen, but there were still some very cool things that were spoiled. For example, uh, Mortal Kombat is coming out, and they, they spoiled it was going to be their first round of DLC. And among the characters that are going to be included in that are Omni Man and Homelander, which obviously. They fit perfectly because Mortal Kombat, you know, is about fatalities, ripping off people's limbs and beating them about the head with them. And that's that's how Omni-Man and Homelander get down. So they fit 
in the Mortal Kombat universe perfectly. It's always weird when they have somebody like, for example, the you know the cartoon version, let's say, of the Ninja Turtles, who really aren't about necessarily cutting limbs off. Uh, Superman, same thing. Superman's not gonna do a fatality on you, but yeah, Omni Man, <laughs> Homelander, yeah, they go in. <laughs> They're not gonna have a problem doing numerous fatalities on you. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because not to a surprise, really, of anyone, like the people who've been running San Diego Comic-Con, they've been doing this for, I don't know, what feels like 50 years at this point. Like, they've got it figured out. They they knew they could still fill the stuff with different programming. And it, I'm sure some people got run ragged since these strikes yeah. hit kind of late in the process. <laughs> So congratulations to them for getting it figured out and still finding plenty for people to do for sure. Yeah, even that weekend they were trying to look, who's here, who's not going to be here. People were going back and forth on what kind of panel was going to be there, and then who could, who was going to cross? Because apparently, uh, Tom Arnold has a show, but he got a waiver, and kind of my Jamie Lee Curtis got a waiver, but I think part of it is because it's not even an acting project. Jamie Lee Curtis did a graphic novel. Yeah, that's a bit different. So, so yeah, you're not, sure. support, you're not promoting a TV show or a movie. Yeah. Now I'm sure if it sells at all, it will eventually become a TV show or movie because it's J.B. Lee Curtis. Sure. But, sure. but, I, but I think that's the biggest thing, right? That at the end of this, and it sounds like people had a good time. Yeah, so the crowds were, I guess, equal to what you would expect at, at a Comic-Con where everybody was available to come. And see, and that brings up another question for me now. Because... I can tell you even from running small events, dealing with all the different studios and, you know, people's agents or whatever and flying people out and getting rooms and scheduling all the stuff and whatever. Like, it's a lot. And there's expenses that come with that. But at some point you look and say, wait a minute, if we had close to the same attendance and people left happy and this was less of a hassle to coordinate. Do we really need all of those panels or Q and A's or whatever for all these in between movies and and TV shows? Because there were a lot. Yeah. I mean, to the I, point- think you, I think you're still going to end up needing them because, like the Mar- the Marvels trailer dropped, but the hype probably wasn't what it should have been considering this is going to be Marvel's big Christmas movie. Sure. sure. It kind of felt like, Hey, we got to do something for the Marvels. But I'm wondering if they go to just the largest of the largest things. Cause I do feel like sometimes there was just a lot of panels for, for we'll call it visual media or whatever at San Diego comic-con. And some of them I'm like, they're not even that big or like, you know, you're calling in people that I, I mean, and don't be wrong. I am not the most well, verse but like the biggest ones i go yeah i know all those people but like who are all these people right and some of them weren't as well attended but they still had to go through all the effort to coordinate them and everything so do you no longer do those possibly and fill them with some of this other stuff you figured out that is just as big of a draw but less headache it'd be interesting to see how they how they handle stuff the next two or three years based on what they learned from this year I have nothing else because this is obviously going to be the last time we have an actors or writer strike. So that now they've got protocols kind of to go through, yeah, for the inevitable next time. That it's basically like football, baseball, basketball. We're probably going to do this every seven to ten years, however long this kind of these contracts end up being. But uh, like I said, it went very well from everything I could find. 
Yeah. So and actually one know. of the things that, one of the things that got canceled was the 25th anniversary of that 70s show. And I don't think any of them probably really wanted to go talk about that right now anyway. Yeah. Like it would have been fun, but But I mean eh. the majority of the questions are gonna be about uh, you know, well, hey, yeah, Hyde's going to jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How come Hyde ain't here, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Awkward. What did you see? What did it just for being the first thing that, that were to have because it just the timing was just but if it had happened a couple of months ago, but I mean that stuff like just broke and then oh 25th anniversary. Yeah, so they might have got just dodged a bullet anyway. But yeah, it's crazy, man. I because I wondered that. It's like if it went well, which it did, now do you say, okay, well, maybe we want to stick close to this. Cause that's all you really want, right? More people show up, everybody yep. leave happy, so they want to do it again. And they probably made more money this year for potentially less hassle. So it's an interesting thing. But we did have some magic there, I will say. We did have some more, because we got our first stuff back in, I think it was Minneapolis where they showed it. But we got some more Doctor Who cards. Which is pretty cool. We got to see the alternate art for the TARDIS, which is cool because it takes up the whole card and it looks like the front of the TARDIS, which is super sweet. And we found out that they're all going to come with planes cards so you can play the plane chase variant, which kind of makes sense for Doctor Who because you're traveling the TARDIS to a bunch of different places, right? And the the, uh, companion mechanic, again, that makes sense because what what, what is it actually called a magic? That's not what magic calls it, right? Uh, It's uh, Partners. Part, yeah, okay, yeah. basically. And since you know each doctor has their own companion, in some cases several, yeah, it makes the most sense. I will say, I would have, and again, I'm not like a hardcore Doctor Who fan. I'm not a Whovian, as they say. But it would have been cool for the companions to be tied to certain doctors as they are. Are they not? No, they have a mechanic where the companions can be played with any of the doctors, or the card-type doctor. Which... Kind of also makes sense because the doctor's technically the same person. Yeah, he just, just he or she has just regenerated. So and it's, like, it's getting to the point now where they do so many crossovers. Yeah, they are all starting to interact with you. every every, especially every tenth anniversary. It seems like they try to get as many doctors that are still alive that they can agree to. Heck, a couple of couple of reunions ago, they even basically hired somebody. Or I don't know. The first doctor was in there. I forget whether it was actor, CGI combination, or what. But yeah, so surely I'm trying to. Surely they have like maybe a bonus if they're played with the proper doctor. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think it's just they can be played with card type doctor if they have okay. that. So, which like I said, makes sense just the same. Just from the yeah, outside, that probably is less of a headache because again, some of the doctors have multiple companions. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's it's cool though, and obviously super excited. People are really out there, jazz for this. It is going to be just in Commander decks for anybody who's curious. So it's going to be like the Warhammer 40k release that came in just just decks. But yeah, looks like it's going to be pretty cool. Lots of fun. If you like plane chase, it's going to be another round of cards you can add to your huge plane chase stack at this point, which I think is going to have like, I don't know, like 70 cards or something, (laughs) different planes you can go to. It's a lot. So yeah, it's going to be fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. So, you know, as much as people were 
worried about this whole universes beyond and this and that. I, I think initially there were people who were upset because it was easy to be mad because you didn't care about the couple of properties they were cross branding with. Right. But I think last year, I think it was when they announced like, Oh, we're going to do some street fighter and we're going to do doctor who, and we're going to do Warhammer, And then all of a sudden people went, hey, okay, hold on. Let them cook for a second. Like I kind of want to, and even even just you know regular magic, aren't there planes that you just don't care about as much? Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. And that's okay, right? And I think people are finally coming around to okay, the game isn't that bad having these other cards exist. Especially because they're you know in commander or other. I mean, they're not ruining standard in any way. So yeah, I I think it's just neat. I mean, it's a way to draw people in, which is working. Yeah. obviously so i mean people are coming in being excited about these the cards are flavorful you can still use them if you do want to play commander games or older formats even if you want to use them in legacy or whatever yeah. the amount of uh publicity they got off of aragorn alone good grief and oh, the, dude, just whole lord of the rings set that, that yeah. i don't think wizards could have bought for a reasonable amount of money those type of marketing dollars like whatever they paid to get the license it almost feels like they probably got double or triple that back just in marketing. Easily. Because I mean, especially Black Aragorn was everywhere. That, that was hidden places that wouldn't wouldn't cover magic, you know, unless there was a scandal of some kind. Oh, was that was everywhere. The One Ring was everywhere. Yeah. You had those promos with, uh, what's his name, the, the Hobbit. That was everywhere. Like, so much stuff was being talked about out of this set. And then, of course, all the just the community and people talking about it. And then, like... People that were on the fringes, but they were Lord of the Rings fans, so they're talking about magic. Like it was, it was a big deal. And you know, we saw a little bit of that with Warhammer. We're obviously going to see a lot with Doctor Who when that drops. So yeah, they're they're getting their money's worth, and the cards are actually good. They're valuable, so it's like, yeah, this is this is a good all around deal for everybody. So thumbs up, man. San Diego Comic Con looks like it was still a big success despite all the strikes and whatnot, and. We've got some cool stuff coming for magic. But with a few minutes left, kind of want to talk about the uh, the racist internet elephant in the room, if you will, at this point. But we did touch on it for a couple of minutes last week about that song, uh, to Try That in a Small Town, or Try That. Yeah, I think that's the title. Yeah. And, dude, it didn't even take a week to see somebody use that as part of a threat in a racist discussion. Literally was on a racist tirade and then finished with, this is a small town and stomps off. As, as we often say, we're not saying you're racist. We're saying the racists think you're racist. Yep. And, that- and this is clearly a case where the racists now believe Jason Aldean is racist. Oh, and dude, and it was all over the internet because this dude comes out of his apartment he there's a person there that looks like they had some type of stand. I don't know if it was a food stand or a little cart or whatever, but just given the person, the business and typical, you know, go back to wherever you came from type thing. Somebody comes up, they're filming it, standing up for the person. He starts giving that woman the business, calling her all kinds of names and then, you know, throws out whatever he says. And then, you know, it's a small town and then like stomps off. Right. Well, apparently that got around the internet real fast and then that dude had some people get together and then just come by and knock on his door. And all of a sudden he wasn't so tough anymore. <laughs> Imagine that. 
So, yeah, the dude's outed. He's out in the public. Everybody's talked about him. Proper people know. But this was a type of thing of that. Even if, like I said, we stretch as far as we can to give you benefit of the doubt. If and there wasn't, I mean. Appealing to all of the racists. You, you could. You I'm, may not be, but you're definitely doing stuff that supports them. Over the past week, I have seen so many people try to to, to stand on this completely indefensible hill, and the best they got is, yo, what about what about rap music? What about cop killer? When was Cop Killer getting... Only reason you knew Cop Killer existed if you lived in the South was you had to hear about it, you know, on like MTV News or something. It was not on mainstream radio. This yeah. video was in rotation on CMT. Plus, you know, you're... If I remember the timing, I think that was Ice-T kind of upset because of the Rodney King stuff, maybe? Around that probably. time? So, like, that, even that's a little bit different. But yeah, man, this this whole thing is kind of crazy. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff. People, oh, it's coincidental. And maybe he didn't know or blah, blah. But there was another thing that got pointed out. There's a there's a part in the video where you can see. I don't know if it's the I think it's a lyric yeah, video yeah, yeah. that somebody did. And it's and it's got three or four documents is the only thing I can call them. And one of them, if you look at them and you try to look up the information on it. It's basically a document telling the story of a dude who ran the local paper in this town that was basically outing the white supremacists. And then he started getting harassed by the Klan, eventually him and his friends and his family, to where he had to shut his whole thing down and I guess eventually move. So even that, you look at it and go like, that's not chosen by accident. Right. There's no way it could have been. You had to do a whole bunch of research. Okay, I think I think it happened somewhere in 1917 or something. It, it's a while ago. I don't remember when yeah. it was. There's no way you find stumble upon them. Like, yeah, let's throw that in here. But I'm just looking at that going of all the different articles, court documents, whatever you could have chose. Hell, even right now, there's a bunch related to January 6th. There's a yeah. bunch related to the recent riots. Like there's a bunch of stuff you could have chose. But you chose one, that one in particular. You know what I mean? Like, you, even, there's only so far you can say, like, this isn't a thing. And I and I even, like I said, trying to give benefit of doubt to Jason Aldean and saying, like, maybe maybe he for real just doesn't know. But we yeah, It's have, possible. He just, you know, because obviously, he, as he's mentioned, he didn't write the song. So, and for all we know, he's a Rod Burgundy. He just stands on the spot, reads the teleprompter. He I was, I was be, just about to say, he's using the, the Ron Burgundy defense. Yeah. He wouldn't be the first recording artist that couldn't really tell you what their song was even about. But still, somebody oh, in his camp knew exactly what they were doing. Not just somebody, somebody's. Yeah, I think the because, song has four credited songs. Exactly. You've got all those songwriters. You've got all the people that are on the set shooting it, right? You have your promoters. You've got the people at the music studio who had to have listened to it and approved it. Yeah. Right. Those four people that just started with the songwriters could have said, Are we sure? So you can't tell me through that process, there's at least 10 different people, and not one of them just went, You guys, hold up a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's crazy. There's there's too many things here 
that even trying to give benefit of the doubt that you can keep saying is coincidental. When CMT pulls it, and and Jason Aldean is one of the biggest stars in country music, imagine what the process that has to happen for them to say, you know what, this video from somebody that is, you know, somebody that's on the level of where, I don't I'm trying to think, one of the biggest stars in country music. Somebody that's probably sold albums equivalent to somebody like you know, George Strait or certainly Toby Keith. This, is this isn't somebody that you know that just showed up. This is a sure, sure. This is a, somebody that that wins awards. What are the biggest names in country music? He's married to somebody that was on American Idol. So yeah, this is a, a country music power couple, essentially, for his video to get pulled. CMT had to say, you know what? It's just not worth all the money we're going to make. I would say, if anything, I would almost be upset if you're one of these people that comes from one of these small towns that you know the type of thing he's referencing. Because I know people... Apparently, he isn't even... He's like a studio cowboy. He's apparently from the suburbs. (laughs) But I know people who are from some of these towns, you know, some ones we talked about that are sundown towns and whatever. And, you know, they've been upset because they can't get people to come visit or events to be there or whatever. And like they just grew up there. They're not one of those people. And then you've got this stuff out here kind of like pushing that whole ideal even further. So it's just like that's tough, man, if you're just in that spot, because you don't have nothing to do with any of this mess. No, but you're just caught up in it. And it's only, like I said, it didn't take a week, man. It didn't take a week for somebody to just come out and start using that as a threat. And yeah, I had to look it up. He has sold over 13 million albums. His yeah, and anybody talking albums. about cancel culture, the dude was still number two last week in downloaded songs or whatever. Primarily because of the controversy. Because yeah, the song's course. been out since May. And all of a sudden, this happened, and the racists said, wait, we got to push this. Yep. We, we can't let this go. So, yeah, I don't, I don't that, know. That, that doesn't happen. You don't see a song get put out in May, and then all of a sudden, at this point, almost three months later, all of a sudden, it's the hottest song on the chart. That's not how this works. Yeah, it's just a mess. And then, apparently, stories have been coming out that people on social media and on TikTok, like, one of them apparently has some receipts because she was talking about how she had this uh, disabled daughter who's passed since, but I guess she was big into country music and she went to see people and, you know, was backstage at some different shows and she's mixed. And apparently some of the people she highlighted were very nice people and very good, but apparently Jason Aldean snubbed her while going to talk to other kids. And there was a couple other stories like that. So, like, now, some of those could be embellished. It's social media. People could just be looking for time. Totally understand. But if enough of them come up and you've got all this other stuff going on, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. But my, my concern is, like all things, when we talk about it, you know, wh- whether it's just social or gaming or whatever, It's always a problem when you have this stuff, become big, make the news, whatever, because you're just emboldening more of that behavior. And we shouldn't want this to be out there. We and and it's good that people aren't playing the songs and they are denouncing it for the most part. I mean, you know, there's still knuckleheads out there trying to defend it or whatever. 
but we should be taking steps against this type of stuff because we talk about wanting places to be more inclusive, hell, especially small towns, because sometimes your game stores are the gathering place. There ain't right. a lot of places to go. You know, like you should be want people to be more welcome, not be afraid to be out after dark, you know, like or whatever. Like, and yeah, like I said, I've lived in places where those are things, and they're just some places you don't go, some people you don't talk to, whatever. And they shouldn't have, we shouldn't have to worry about that. Fortunately, we are somewhat insulated from that in gaming, but at some point, our games do happen in the middle of society, and that's just a thing we can't avoid. But all right, Brian, when's everybody where they can find you on the social media machines? All right, I am Brian Sonic on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I should have some ambassador-related content coming down the pipe in the next couple of weeks, so keep your eye out for that. Otherwise, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. And remember to be awesome. And most importantly, remember to be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 